Shabbat Shalom. Frequently, the rabbis, we and I, turn back to the Garden of Eden when looking at Parashat Titzavah because so many of the aspects of the Mishkan are a recreation of the Garden of Eden. The menorah is, looks like a tree in shape with branches and blossoms, and it represents, according to our tradition, light enlightens. It is the tree of light, the tree of knowledge. We have the laver representing the waters that pass through Eden. We have the Keruvim guarding Eden and now guarding the Holy of Holies, the cherubim, the fierce monster creature, angels. What's the produce of the tree of knowledge? By rabbinic custom, pomegranates. And so we have pomegranates, the symbol of immortality, of fertility, of the continuation of us becoming like the seeds within a pomegranate, the grains of sand on the beach. We have the fruit bursting forth from the tree of knowledge of the pomegranates embroidered all around. What's the tree of life? I hope you know, because most of you, at least in the here, are using an Eitz Chaim right in front of you. The tree of life is the Torah. The tree of life is the Holy of Holies, the Torah, the Ten Commandments, that which is within the Ark. So the Mishkan as the Eden on earth is the place where God walks among us, where the eternal and the mortal coexist and intersect. The place that has the mortal pass through this place of timelessness. We have the lapis lazuli and all the different gemstones that go on the breastplate. They're also found in in the early chapters of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. So there are lots of things. Is there anything we might be missing when we're thinking about the parallels? That's part of the fun of this parsha. How about Genesis chapter 3, verse 21? Vaya'as Adonai Elohim li'adam uli ishto katnot or shame. And Adonai, God made for Adam and for his wife, clothes of skins and dressed them. As we read about the instructions in the Mishkan in Tetzaveh, from gold beading to acacia woodwork to olive oil, what is quite possibly the main form of creative work going into it, the main form of milacha, sewing? It's unmistakable that if you enter my home, you look at our dining room, there is something very prominent that's been in our dining room for over a year, and that is a sewing machine. And all through the, through the evening when I'm, you know, whether putting on the news or, or dipping into a book, randomly, especially Ziva, also sometimes Marab and certainly Lynn, will just suddenly get up and go to the sewing machine and start making things. At one point, half the dining room was taken up with bits of fabric from special fabrics ordered on Etsy that the whole family celebrated that they got to my leftover shirts and boxer shorts, yours truly, sometimes from beautiful fabric in Indonesia, ready to be remade into outfits for our children. And our children, Ziva's amazing, making outfits for her dolls. So Lynn's sewing machine led me to see it in the little Gan Eden of my home. Tetzaveh is full of sewing. The priestly garments and all their parts, the embroidery of pomegranates and other designs everywhere. The parocha, the curtain that serves as the covering, the divine presence so that we can be there and not die. But the sewing goes far beyond even that. Think of the very structure of the entire Mishkan. Its very walls are fabric, right? There's no roof. Walls, separations, all fabric. Like shower curtains hanging, the walls are fabric hanging from poles, each lovingly and skillfully made by hand. One of the main things, one of the main forms of melacha are sharing with God the beauty of creating in the universe from sewing. 
We remind ourselves that the rabbis argued over what the sewing of garments was that God did for us. We're not sure since it says, you know, toned of, uh, of, of leather, of, of skin. For some of the rabbis, it was our skin. That we did not have skin before that. And maybe we were liquid, like when we came from the waters initially. And the skin and wraps us in it. Or maybe it's clothes on top of our skin. What m- many of us daven in every single morning from that because it made its way to the Sidor. Masachet Sota 14a4. The meaning for us is that we should follow the attributes of the Holy One, blessed be Adonai. Just as God clothes the naked, as it is written in chapter 3, verse 21, so too we should clothe the naked. Just as the Holy One visits the sick, we should visit the sick. Just as the Holy One consoles mourners, we should console mourners. Just as Adonai buries the dead, so too we should bury the dead. So is it possible, as we're making all of those walls, the parochet, priestly vestments too, what if we're clothing God? What if we're making a body of leather? It's not, some of it's dolphin skin, which probably means just tanned hides. What if we're making the garments for God that God made for us? What if what we're doing in the temple, we're feeding God along with ourselves. We're making a place for God at our table. It's not exclusively for God. We clothe God and feed God, two acts of love that we do. I'm always frustrated by some academics because they say, oh, <laughs> those ancient Israelites, they thought God had a body and, and was hungry and needed to eat. What if we're given a gift of this is how we as a species know how to express love. We feed and we clothe. And so we wanted it to make possible for us to love to channel that for God. As it says just a little bit farther down the page, Rabbi Simlai taught with regard to the Torah, its beginning is an act of chesed and its end is an act of love, loving kindness. It begins with an act of kindness and the Adonai made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And its end is an act of kindness. And he was buried in the valley of the land of Moab. When God says, Make me a house so I may dwell among them. If the walls are skin, if the walls are the clothes, then who are we who pass through the middle and congregate? Are we like the blood moving through the body of God? Is it our spirits that are in the blood, the blood of Adonai? And then we put blood on the altar and we say, the nefesh is in the blood and the blood that we put on the altar atones and purifies, in a sense, our blood, so that we can bleed the holiness of God, the blood of God. Of course, scholars argue, how is it possible that Kodesh holiness can refer to a people Israel, when it only referred in ancient times to utensils or food designated for God? Maybe it is we that become designated for God by becoming the nefesh and the blood moving through the body. I asked Lynn, here you are, you're sewing all the time. The girls are sewing all the time. Will you write down what you've learned from sewing? And I share her reflections. I've learned that to sew for someone is an act of love. When I think back to my great-grandmother growing up in the house on Baldwin, um, it's one of the houses that face right into Burns Park. She said, when I remember my great-grandmother there, I remember how she made special blankets for all of her grandbabies. An act of love, 
they may never live to see her or know her, but they'll always have it and know they are loved. For that's what was left of her. She died in a fire because we take for granted that we have our trash picked up. But in Burns Park, they would burn their trash in their backyard. And she died in the process of doing that. And we have the blanket as her legacy. When Lynn's father came back here from Denver with Lynn to bury uh, Russ's sister, Lynn's aunt, who grew up in that house, she remembers the moment where they were heading to the funeral. Russ was very, very quiet. He usually is. And his niece came up and saw that his tie had a tear in it. He said, before we head to the grave, let me sit here and mend it for you. And she sat next to him and mended the tie. An act of love. When her mother, she needs to bury. And we love Wendy and visit her often. She died of COVID and she's buried at the graveyard over by the hospital. Her act of love is what we remember. Lynn says, you're acting out of love because you're taking care of someone's physical body. And that's very, very deep. We make special clothing when people are born, the blankets and the clothes. We make special clothing when it's time for their bar bat mitzvah, when it's time to show you've arrived as an adult. We make special clothes when we get married and we sew specially and prepare the clothes when we bury all the places of our special mishaberachs. She points out that beautiful books, the probably get the name wrong, but the Birch Park series, American stories, they pointed out how it was an act of love to sew clothing for someone else because they didn't have mirrors. And so it was you saying, I'm going to beautify you even though you can't see yourself. You were the mirror to someone else. You served as someone else's mirror for their humanity and their beauty. Lynn writes, I think it's strange that we took sewing intimate act of love for another and somehow we passed it on first as we did with child care in this country to slaves and African Americans to blacks essentially demeaning someone else to have them do it and today Lynn writes we do it with clothing we turn what should be an act of love into an act of slavery with the sweatshops across the world and the little value of the clothes that we have and that we wear and how they came to be. Caring through sewing is a form of elevating another person, not demeaning them. She writes that sewing is a slow and meditative process that has a step-by-step progression. And it's powerful to think that if I follow these directions, something I can see and feel will be created. It's absent to the creative part of me. Many women would sew at night in front of a fire while sitting with the family. And it teaches you patience, Not the kind of patience that says, like in coronavirus, wait till it's over, wait till it's over, wait till it's over, have patience. But the kind of patience where you're involved in a healing process of love while you're waiting, waiting and waiting. Sowing love and protection for the space of the temple. An act of embracing the holiness within and our ability to serve. Sewing was a way of showing love, showing love and kindness and copying God. It's a way we did so across generations. We cherish it within today's Parsha. Shabbat Shalom.